fourth sign or 191st sign. Among the signs of Allah the Exalted which appeared in my support is the sign pertaining to Nawab Siddiq Hassan Khan, a minister in the state of Popol, and it is as follows. Nawab Siddiq Hassan Khan had written in some of his books that when the promised Mahdi would appear, monarchs belonging to other faiths would be arrested and brought before him. In this context, he also said that since this country was under the British rule, it was quite possible that when the Mahdi appeared, the Christian monarch of this country would also be brought before him. These were the words that he used in his book and are still to be found therein, and these words were taken as evoking rebellion. It was an error on his part that he wrote such a thing because no authentic hadith is proven about such a bloodshedding Mahdi. On the contrary, the scholars of hadith are unanimous that not a single one from among the hadith about a warrior Mahdi is beyond critique. All of them are spurious and fall below the standard of authenticity. On the other hand, there are a large number of hadith about the coming of the promised Messiah. They are accompanied with the words that he would not engage in jihad and would not wage war against the disbelievers and that his victory would be exclusively based on heavenly signs. Thus the hadith, Yada'ul Harb, he will stop warfare, is present in Sahih Bukhari with reference to the promised Messiah. It indicates that when the promised Messiah's advent takes place, he will abolish the practice of war and jihad. He will not engage in any battle and will spread Islam with the help of heavenly signs and the manifestation of divine powers. Footnote start. It also makes sense that as the consequence of the promised Messiah's breath, i.e. his attention, disbelievers will continue to die on their own. It would be quite irrational to resort to the sword in the presence of such a miracle. Obviously, when Allah the Exalted himself goes forth destroying the enemies, what need is there to raise the sword? Footnote end. As a result, these signs are making their presence felt throughout the world in my time. This, in sum, is the truth of the matter. And I, whom Allah the Exalted has sent as the promised Messiah, have not been commanded by God to engage in jihad and wage wars for the sake of the faith. On the contrary, I have been commanded to be kind, to seek help from God for the spread of the faith, and to ask for heavenly signs and heavenly assaults. And God Almighty has promised a great sign shall be manifested in my support. As opposed to my God who helps me from on high, no nation shall have the power to demonstrate any sign from their false gods. Accordingly, my God has in fact already shown hundreds of signs in my support. Nawab Siddiq Hassan Khan, therefore, was wrong to think that people would be forced to become Muslims during the time of the Mahdi. Allah the Exalted says, in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 257 of the Holy Quran, meaning that there is no coercion in Islam. It is true that there was a time when Christians used to force people to adopt Christianity. Islam, on the other hand, since the very beginning, has been opposed to compulsion. Compulsion is the resort of those alone who have no heavenly signs in their support. But Islam is a veritable ocean of heavenly signs. No prophet has shown such a large number of miracles as were shown by our holy prophet. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, because the miracles of earlier prophets died along with their deaths. But the miracles of our holy prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, continue to manifest themselves, even through today, and will continue being manifested until the day of resurrection.
Indeed, all things that are manifested in my support are miracles of the Holy Prophet. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. But where are those Christians or Jews or other people? Can they show signs that can equal these signs? Certainly not. Certainly not. Certainly not. Even if they toil to the end of their days, they will never succeed in showing even a single sign. It is so because they have adopted artificial gods as deities. They are not followers of the true God. Islam is an ocean of miracles. It has never resorted to coercion, nor does it have any need for coercion. Earlier on, the sole basis for fighting was that the Quraysh of Makkah had perpetrated grave atrocities against the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in Makkah. Many of his companions were murdered. The Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, himself was exiled from Makkah. Thus, owing to their extreme degree of wickedness and atrocities, they had become deserving of punishment for their crimes. Therefore, those who had drawn the sword were killed by the sword. However, out of extreme compassion, they were offered the option that if they chose to become Muslims, their crimes would be forgiven. This was not compulsion. They were left to decide as they wished. Can anyone prove that the sword was raised prior to their heinous crimes and mischief? Footnote start. Indeed, the sword was never raised. Instead, for as many as 13 years, patience was demonstrated in the face of a variety of wanton cruelties and murders. After this, when they, i.e. the Meccans, exceeded all limits, permission was granted to confront them. It was therefore a defensive war waged to punish the habitual criminals and to rid the earth of murderous mischief mongers. Footnote end. The ignorant Christian missionaries and the Aryas who harbor baseless malice against Islam utter such things sheerly by way of fabrication, while the ignorant Mollies aid and abet them on account of their own ignorance. It is absolutely false to say that Islam spread by force of the sword. Islam spread by dint of the intrinsic beauties of its perfect teaching and mighty signs. If Islam and Christianity were to be compared, it would be clearly seen that the God who Islam presents is absolutely perfect in his power, his majesty, and his holiness. He is one, unique, and without equal, whereas the God who Christianity presents is himself a weak and helpless created being who suffered a variety of cruelties at the hands of the Jews, was incarcerated and put behind bars for about an hour, and according to the Christian doctrine, was crucified in the end. What distinction does such a God possess when compared with the fabricated deities of the other polytheists? Furthermore, how can reason accept that all hope for God's mercy rests on that very God being crucified? And if once God dies, his very existence becomes uncertain, and what argument can there be to think that he will not die again? It is meaningless to worship a being who, despite being God, can yet die. How can he save others if he cannot save his own life? The idol worshippers of Makkah were also of the same mindset. How can reason accept the idea that an idol be carved with one's hands and then be worshipped? The god of the Christians could not demonstrate any powers beyond those of the idols of pagans. But the god of Islam is the one who reigns supreme over all of them. As the saying goes, Befriend the supreme that you might be granted supremacy. The magnificent miracles of our God, who is the living God, have convinced people with a visible demonstration that the God of Islam alone is the true God. 
Consequently, up to this day, no one has been able to show the like of the miracles that the God of Islam has manifested. However, since Nawab Sadiq Hassan Khan was under the influence of extreme Wahhabism, he threatened non-Muslims with merely the sword, the Mahdi, and was eventually caught. He was stripped of his title of Nawab, and he wrote very humbly to me, requesting me to pray for him. Considering his situation pitiable, I prayed for him, and God Almighty addressed me, saying, His honor has been saved from being shattered. I informed him of this through a letter and I also informed many others who were then my opponents. Among them were Hafiz Muhammad Yusuf, a district irrigation officer, presently a pensioner and a resident of Amritsar, and Malvi Muhammad Hussain Batlawi. After some time, the government issued orders to the effect that Sadiq Hassan Khan's title of Nawab would be restored, as if it was understood that what he has said was only an antiquated religious belief which dwelt in his heart and that he did not intend to be seditious. Footnote start. This misfortune encountered by Nawab Sadiq Hassan Khan was also the result of a prophecy of mine, which is recorded in Brahin Ahmadiyyah. He had torn up this book of mine and sent it back to me. I had then prayed that his reputation might be torn apart, and so it came to pass. Brahin Ahmadiyyah. Footnote end. Fifth sign, or 192nd sign. The fifth sign is the prophecy published in the first part of the back title page of the periodical The Review of Religions, May 1906. The same prophecy is published in the newspaper Badr, Volume 5, Number 19, dated May 10, 1906. Moreover, the same prophecy was published in the newspaper Al Hakam, dated May 5th. 1906, and with the explanation in the issue dated May 10th, 1906. First of all, I reproduce below the prophecy as published in the above-mentioned periodical and both of the newspapers to be followed by the way it was fulfilled. The prophecy and the way it was originally interpreted at that time are as follows. Revelation dated May 5th, 1906. The spring has arrived again, and with it the days of snow. Dalj is an Arabic word. It connotes the snowfall that causes intense cold and is invariably accompanied by rain. This condition is called Dalj in Arabic. In this context, the prophecy seems to mean that Allah the Exalted will send down these calamities in our country during the days of spring, quite out of the norm, and that there will be snowfall resulting in intense cold and also heavy rains. In other words, the snowfall, wherever it happens to take place in the world, will cause intense cold. The second meaning of Dalj is the attainment of the heart's satisfaction. That is to say that a man should be furnished arguments and evidence that would completely satisfy his heart regarding an issue. This is why they say that a particular literary composition created Dalj, or the heart's full satisfaction. That is to say, such incontrovertible proof was given as to effect complete satisfaction. Sometimes this word is also used to indicate happiness and comfort that results from the heartfelt satisfaction. It is evident that when a person's heart is fully satisfied and content regarding some matter, it is but inevitable that one feels happy and is at peace. In short, this prophecy consists of all these dimensions. Reflection upon this prophecy inevitably draws the mind to the feeling that if Allah the Exalted 
has used the term dulge in its second sense, namely, to dispel all doubt and uncertainty and to accord full conviction. Then this revealed statement would also mean that since some perverse-natured individuals had raised certain doubts in the recent past about the earthquakes, thereby depriving themselves of dulge or perfect tranquility of the heart, a sign shall appear in the season of spring which will bring about dulge or tranquility of the heart. All previous doubts and uncertainties shall be dispelled, and the message shall be fully conveyed. On further reflection upon this revelation, it seems probable that by this spring there will not be manifested just one sign, but rather many signs shall be shown. And when the spring season shall arrive, a continuous succession of signs will captivate the hearts, and silence our opponents, and the hearts of seekers of truth shall find full satisfaction. And these statements are made interpreting dulge to mean satisfaction and freedom from doubt, but if taken to connote snow and rainfall, it will mean that Allah the Exalted will send down some other heavenly afflictions, and Allah knows best. This prophecy, along with its interpretation, was published in the periodical Review of Religions and the newspapers Badr and Al-Hakam as many as nine months before its fulfillment and the time for its fulfillment was fixed to be the season of spring. It has been clearly fulfilled. That is to say, exactly when the spring season arrived and the gardens became laden with flowers and buds, Allah the Exalted fulfilled His promise as follows. There was unusually heavy snowfall in Kashmir, Europe, and America, the details of which we will, God willing, presently write down by quoting excerpts from newspapers. But in exact conformity with the intent of the prophecy, such excessive cold and heavy rain struck this country, and in that particular part of the country indicated in the prophecy that the whole country cried out in panic. At the same time, snowfall was so heavy in some parts of the country that people were left awestruck and wondered what was going to happen. For instance, just today a letter from Kashmir was received by Haji Umar Dar who is a resident of Kashmir but is currently staying with me here in Qadian. The letter is from his son, Abdurrahman, saying that snowfall these days has been so heavy that there is a snow cover three yards deep upon the land and the entire atmosphere has been covered by clouds every day. Now this is such a phenomenon that has left the residents of Kashmir amazed because such heavy snowfall in the spring is unusual. And as for the amount of heavy rain that has fallen in this country, some reports are reproduced below from some newspapers testifying to it. First from Akhbar Am, Lahore, dated February 21, 1907. Briefly reproduced below is what this paper reported on page 2 about the rains. The situation in Lahore is such that for more than two weeks the sky has been overcast and instead of making people happy, this has caused constant anxiety. For two days the skies were clear of rain and it seemed that it would now stop raining. But during the latter half of the night, between Sunday and Monday, it rained so heavily and in such abundance that people started crying and praying for relief and security, and they were awestruck and afraid that the rain of grace, God forbid, might transform into a torment. Intense lightning also flashed and dazzled the eyes. Together with this, thunder rolled and lightning cracked, making hearts tremble. People were perplexed, not knowing what God had decided to do. This weather and this rain is, of course, very beneficial from an agricultural point of view, but only within limits. The well-known proverb says that too much of even a good thing can make it harmful.
People are afraid lest these unexpected rains, for which they render innumerable thanks, may turn from being a mercy into a blight and totally inundate crops, particularly those in the low-lying areas. All the people are awestruck, holding their breath, not knowing what God's purpose is. Who can question providence? Man proposes and God disposes. It is strange that only a few days before, small birds like sparrows could be seen greatly enjoying themselves, bathing in the water. Despite this intense weather and biting cold, the way these birds were having fun made one wonder how they had generated such warmth within themselves. What people experienced in these things were forecasting, on the basis of these observations, that there would be an excess of rains. And these calculations have proven very correct. The clouds are still covering the skies as before. The people now wish for the rain to stop and the sun to appear. Drought is likely to damage only unirrigated crops, whereas... With weather of this kind, both the irrigated and unirrigated crops are in danger of being damaged. Now there is not a single district where there is need of more rain. Footnote start. This proves that this rain was a global rain. What was so unusual about this was not only that it rained so heavily in the spring, that it even exceeded the rainfall of the monsoon season, but also that despite it being the season of spring, it rained throughout the country, whereas this does not happen even during the rainy season. Footnote end. According to an official report last week, crops in parts of District Gurgaon were damaged somewhat by hailstorms. Tonight, the rain was accompanied by thunder and cracks of lightning, but the cloud cover continues to be seen as heavy. Such heavy rain poses a threat of damage to the houses in the town also. Roads have been damaged severely and paved surfaces turned into muddy swamps. Water can be seen all over the fields and plains. Trees stand washed clean beautiful as a bride, green and lovely as if they have just been dressed in new garments. In these days, such rains have been bestowed after many a year. In this sentence, the newspaper has borne witness to the fact that these have been extraordinary rains. The truth is that even in the summer, during the rainy season, such rains are rarely seen. These are the strange and wonderful miracles of God Almighty, the season and this state of affairs. It must be borne in mind that this newspaper is owned by a Hindu gentleman. It is issued from Lahore. It seems that Allah the Exalted has been pleased to cause his pen and tongue to so very faithfully state these things as a testimony in favor of my prophecy. And then again in the same akhbar am on page 6 of its issue dated February 26, 1907, appears this news item. All the winter this year seemed rather lazy and we had lost all hope by the end of January i.e. by spring, it came into its own and started to make its presence felt. In this month, the winter has never manifested such an amazing phenomenon. From the end of January until today, matters come to such a point that people began to cry for escape, sometimes rain, sometimes snow, sometimes hailstorms, and then piled up clouds seemed as if hiding behind a veil, and the people are longing to see the sun and feel its rays. Not a single day passes without the falling of snow or hailstones, and if this does not happen, then it definitely rains. And sometimes during the day it becomes so dark because of intense smoke-like clouds that it is not possible to function without artificial light. And it is so very cold that water, if left in the open at night, freezes and becomes ice by the morning. These days one simply cannot drink water without first warming it up. Simla is now totally snowbound and all four sides and nothing is visible except snow. All trees 
and houses are buried under layers of snow and it is bitterly cold. Further on, the same newspaper says, In this country, rains are so widespread that areas which otherwise used to complain of lack of rain have also tasted rain. Similarly, the newspaper Jesus of Agra reports on page 4 of its issue dated February 15, 1907. On February 6, 1907, it rained very heavily during the evening in Kanpur. A thunderstorm struck and such a hailstorm occurred that the railway service had to be suspended. Furthermore, the newspaper Ahl Hadith of Amritsar in its issue dated February 22, 1907, 8 Muharramul Haram, AH, 1325 states on page 11. This week there has been incessant rain in these parts, indeed in the entire length and breadth of Punjab. There was a terrible hailstorm on the night of February 19, 1907. Lord Krishna of Kadyan has received the revelation. The heaven has been rent asunder, and he says we do not know what is about to happen. Thus he derides the revelation from God, and the wrongdoers will soon know to what place of return they shall return. Surah Shuwarat, chapter 26, verse 228 of the Holy Quran. In any case, this enemy of our has testified that there have been incessant rains during this week in the whole of Punjab. Also, everyone knows that February 22nd is the peak of spring. He has also acknowledged the fulfillment of the above-mentioned revelation. Similarly, the magazine Hikmat of Lahore, dated February 15, 1907, reports, It is raining daily in Darjeeling accompanied by thunderstorm. The newspaper Nayare Azam of Murdabad in its issue dated February 19, 1907 writes, It has been raining continuously for seven days and hailstones also fell. The newspaper Azad of Ambala in its issue dated February 16, 1907 states on page 1, It has been raining constantly in Delhi for the last 10 days and hailstones also fell. Basakhbar Lahore on page 21 of its issue, dated February 23, 1907, reports, Constant heavy rain has damaged the sugarcane crop in Bengal. The same paper in its issue, dated February 29, 1907, also reports, In Madras, the rains have been heavier than normal. Public magazine Amritsar in 1907 says on page 11, It is biting cold in Amritsar and rain has also started pouring. The newspaper Samachar, Lahore, dated February 26, 1907, reports, People are now exhausted from this rain. The daily Basakhbad, dated February 15, 1907, page 5, writes, For the last four days it has been raining constantly. It looks exactly like the monsoon season. The patience of people is being stretched to the limit. They long for the light of the sun. The daily Basakhbad, dated February 8, 1907, reports on page 8, it has been raining for many days now. Yesterday there was another torrent of rain. It has gotten colder and a chilly wind is blowing. The roads are a complete shamble. I have quoted these newspaper reports to bear witness to the prophecy whose fulfillment called for heavy rains. If desired, I could have quoted 50 to 60 similar press reports testifying to the truth of the prophecy. But I think this much testimony from newspapers is sufficient. People at large are well aware that the spring season this year was marked by unusually heavy rains, about which no one had any knowledge except Allah the Exalted. On the contrary, highly paid experts in the government meteorological department had already forecast that there would not be any rains except those normally expected during this period. 
See the official weather forecast published in the Civil and Military Gazette, Lahar, dated December 16, 1906. Furthermore, the fulfillment of the prophecy about the rain and cold weather is not confined to unusually heavy rain and freezing weather in the spring season, but the prophecy was fulfilled in another sense also in that it rained generally all throughout the country. Indeed, districts where people used to cry for rain earlier also shared this wet weather. Thus, anyone possessing reason, dignity, a sense of justice, and fear of God will admit without any hesitation that this was indeed an unusual and an extraordinary phenomenon which God Almighty had foretold. And in this country, the British government has a regular department that is responsible for forecasting such unusual circumstances. And there were astrologers too, but no one gave this forecast that this spring would be marked by such unusual rains and snow. This was prophesied only by the God who had sent our holy prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, after all the prophets, so that he may unite all nations under his banner. This part has been about the heavy rains. Now I shall narrate the part that pertains to the falling of snow, which I have already mentioned to some extent previously, so that it may be realized that this prophecy did not apply to this country alone, but manifested its extraordinary effects in other countries as well. And these are... The newspaper Wakil, Amritsar, on page 2 of its issue dated February 7, 1907, which corresponds to 23 Dilhija, AH 1324, reporting about the weather in Europe, says, In some European countries, the cold this year has been so severe that the like of it has rarely occurred in the past. In Belgium, temperatures have fallen below zero, and in Berlin, temperatures are said to have fallen 13 degrees below the freezing point and in Austria and Hungary, 20 degrees below. Many persons have died on account of such intense cold. Railway traffic has been disrupted in parts of Europe because the water pipes of railway engines have burst due to the freezing of the water. The seaports of Danube and Odessa are becoming frozen. In Russia and Great Britain, the temperatures have fallen so low that it has not been the case for many years in the past. The trains between Rome and Naples have had so much snowfall upon them that we are forced to pray, God save us. Constantinople has received snowfall many feet thick. Traffic of ships and steamers has been stalled in the Strait of Bosporus. All the ships arriving in the channel from various places are totally covered in snow. In the streets of Paris, the poor and impoverished are freezing to death. The lakes and canals of Italy are frozen. Can science and the experts of terrestrial and heavenly phenomena explain this situation in a satisfactory manner? That if this grandiose enterprise of nature has eternally been, and is eternally subject to, an established law, and that there is no transcendent, omnipotent being with a will of his own exercising control over it, then why is it that every now and then there is a deviation from the day-to-day order of things? Do such occurrences not lead to the conclusion that Islam is the only religion in the world, belief in whose tenets will always save a person from any misstep? Footnote start. Such unusual phenomena not only lead to the conclusion that Islam is a true religion, but this conclusion also establishes quite clearly that the person who, along with his claim to being the promised Messiah, also reported the news of such an extraordinary occurrence of global import well in advance, is truthful and from God. Footnote end. Not to talk of atheists, even the followers of most existing religions cannot provide any satisfactory rationale for their beliefs on such occasions. 
Then again, the newspaper Nurafshan, dated February 22, 1907, reports, The rain in Hong Kong was so heavy that in the mere space of 10 minutes, 100 Chinese people perished in the environs of the port. The same paper Nurafshan, dated February 23, 1907, writes, It rained so heavily at Army News during this week that it was even greater than the rain during the monsoon season. Also, twice or thrice, there were terrible hailstorms. Footnote start. May I ask the editor of the periodical Nurafshan, did any follower of the gospel ever make this great a prophecy that encompassed not only the entire country, but in fact comprehended the entire world within its scope? If this prophecy was not from God, then who was the person who equaled God in displaying the powers of providence? Now that the promised Messiah, who was awaited, has presented the divine testimony in support of his claim, is rejecting him not similar to the Jews who opposed the Messiah al-Islam, even after witnessing his miracles, and maltreated him to their heart's content? Footnote end. As already pointed out, this prophecy had been published in newspapers on May 5, 1906, or nine months before its fulfillment. Then nine months later, it was so manifestly and plainly fulfilled that all the newspapers of Punjab, India, Europe, and America testified to it. Thus everyone endowed with reason can reflect and realize that no mere mortal could have such an immensely deep and profound knowledge, nor for that matter could an impostor be capable of demonstrating such a manifestation of divine power through fabrication. Indeed, how grand this sign is that just as God Almighty had previously warned of two earthquakes in the past, two springs, namely the one in 1905 and the other in 1906, so did he forewarn a third time that there would be severe rains, bitter cold, and snowfall in the coming spring season of the year 1907. This was exactly what happened, and the prophecy was fulfilled with awe-striking grandeur. So Allah be praised for all this. Linked with this prophecy was another prophecy printed and published during those very days in the magazine Review of Religions and the newspapers Badr and Al-Hakam, which is as follows. Look, I shall send for you from the sky and shall produce for you from the earth. Streams shall flow through the courtyard, but those who are opposed to you will be seized. Help will come to you upon every track. People will come to you upon every route, so that the track will become deep due to excessive travel, and great awe for you shall be created. Woe to every backbiter, slanderer. I shall honor you in a wonderful manner. The heaven has fallen down completely. All these prophecies pertain to rain. Along with this, it has been foretold that the heavy rains will be harmful to the enemies. Perhaps this means that these heavy rains will give rise to the plague and a variety of other diseases, and the crops will also be damaged. Footnote start. This phrase may well mean that after the manifestation of these signs, the enemies will be left speechless and paralyzed. Footnote end. And the revelation in Arabic signifies that after these signs appear, people will once again turn to you. They will come to you by every route, so much so that the roads will develop ruts on account of heavy traffic, and people will send you gifts and cash and kind from distant places, and the enemies shall be smitten with great awe. And at that time, slanderers and fault finders will stand condemned, and I, God, shall grant you a rare distinction. It will rain so heavily as if the heavens have burst.